everyone, it's Meredith and welcome to Tu Ensemble, a new podcast I'm starting. I'm so excited to start this and to share it with you. So thanks for taking the time to listen. It really means a lot. Um, this podcast uh, is meant to be a platform where we, um, both you and me, have the freedom to share experiences, challenges, and perspectives and whatever else Um with each other in the hope that we can learn something from um, one another because, I mean, we do and so often we forget that and so this is a place where we can embrace that and so, yeah, thanks again for listening and so today I'm going to be chatting about my time in Senegal. Um, this past spring, I had a really cool opportunity uh, and got to go to Senegal for the month of May doing a field research course with my university. And so since coming back, I've had a lot of questions on just like, oh, how was your trip? What are some things that stood out to you? And I mean, that question is so loaded because it was such a rich and full of life trip and experience that, I mean, I could go on for hours and to try and narrow it down is so difficult. Um, but I mean, I have, there were some things that stuck out to me and that have resonated me, resonated with me these past few months. And so I just wanted to share those today with you because yeah, they're really cool and I want to share them. So that's fine. (laughs) Um, so just a little bit more about why I was there. I did mention I was doing a field research course. So what that meant is we were there to gather research um, for a report that we were writing. And the topic of the report was uh, the Senegalese education system. And so my report uh, kind of explored uh, preschool in Senegal, um, how it works, what are what is working, what isn't, um, both in rural and um, urban settings. But then I also really dug deep into... Um, the motivating factors behind preschool, like why some parents would or would not send their kids to school and what are some challenges in that. Um, Like if they go to school, um, are there any challenges? What's their day-to-day life like? Um, But if they choose not to send their kid to school, what was your decision behind that? Um, Just having a better understanding really. And so to do that, I talked with a lot of parents um, who did and didn't send their kids to school. I had the opportunity to do some tours of schools, to talk to directors and teachers. It was quite an honor, honestly, to just go in and see firsthand. Um, It's different, but it was, yeah, I think the best word to say is like how much of an honor it is. Um, Because a, a huge part of me was like when doing tours, was like, man, who am I to be doing this? Like, I'm just some random undergrad student um, from another continent coming in and asking questions. And just their attitude of being so open and so loving was so helpful in the whole experience and in the whole process. And it was great. And it was a huge learning experience, um, both academic and personal and I mean I'm still learning things from that time I'm still reflecting and still processing but and I've 
narrowed down my big like takeaways to three big ones that I think were the most prominent, the, the most like touching for me and the coolest. And so that's what I'm just going to share today. I'm just going to talk through them and share them with you. Uh, so one of the first things you see and you feel um, is the sense of community. And it's an atmosphere that is so overwhelming and so everywhere. It's really, it's so beautiful and it's so hard to explain because it's just hard to explain because it's something, it's more than something you see. It's also something you feel um, and you feel that. Uh, Senegal is the Pays de la Taranga, which is, I, I would say it's like their motto, their logo, their slogan of Senegal and Taranga okay they say that and then you and then I'm like okay well what does Taranga mean can you give me like a translation into French and they can't (laughs) um and I think that's like that's for a reason because that word has so much meaning and so much like definition and dimension that it's hard to translate into like another language into like I like in even in English there would be no word but if I could describe it, it would be a feeling of unity, of solidarity, of community, um, of kindness, of generosity, of love, and just laughter all in one. And so Senegal gives off this warm atmosphere to everyone. And that's seen in their in the locals and the people Um in the nature, in the attitude of everything and everyone. Um, And I saw this attitude of Teranga throughout my whole experience. And it was really cool because the people I was traveling with, um, I mean, we saw it together, but we also like became like that. Um, (laughs) Okay, that sounds weird. Um, But it was really cool because... I saw it in every region that I stayed in. I stayed in three different regions. Um, Dakar, the capital, and then Ziguinchor, and then a little village, Moulomp. And in every um, area or region of the country, you saw it, and it was the same, but it was also a little bit different. It was like a little tailored to their life, and it was just the way Teranga translated into their everyday life was the same but different. And in the city, for example, just there's the busyness of the streets, but there's still this sense of like being known and being acknowledged and like um, even just asking for directions. Like people would be like, hey, where are you going? Oh, I'll take you there. Um, as some of the people I was traveling with just had this talent it's a talent I'm telling you to just make friends on the street and I mean they had the talent but also the Senegalese people had that talent and that attitude and heart of warm friendship that wasn't like wasn't scary it was just so like yes I want to be your friend um so there was one time um 
a couple of the people I was traveling with made friends with a guy named Louis and they had been saying, oh, we want to like go to this beach. And he said, oh, I'll take you there and something like that. And so, but long story short, we went to this beautiful beach that was like no, like a 10 minute hike. We would have never found it had we been on our own. And it was, I mean, it was probably one of the most beautiful moments of my life. I just had to stand there and just like take in the sunset. And it was such like a beautiful moment. Like no cameras could capture it just because like I just loved everyone I was with. And it was such a beautiful sunset and just, it was such a nice moment. And I was like, I could die here and I'd be so happy. Um, (laughs) Anyways, Um, but there's that sense of just uh, friendship that just radiates off people in the city and then how that's different in the village is that it's more personal um when you pass the street when you're you're in the streets and you pass someone you always say kasumai kasumai ballet like you always greet them and i come from a small town and i really liked that and at some points it was challenging because <laughs> when you're really exhausted it was like okay i just gotta say hello because <laughs> and but in terms of greeting they were so um intentional about that and sharing in the village i mean man the phrase it takes a village is i mean it has so much meaning to me now because i mean i've heard that phrase but in moulomp you see it and it's such a beautiful thing right it's a small village so there's only so many resources and if you were to keep what your mango the mango tree in your backyard if you were to keep that to yourself i mean like there's no point in doing that why would you do that so it's like a community mango tree um i was staying with about seven kids i stayed with families and one of the families i was staying with the jatas had seven kids and we would all go mango hunting i guess mango gathering together And we'd just go all around the village and it would just be cool. And we'd grab like an orange from their house, a guava from the other. And it was just this environment of sharing without limits. Um, Taking what you need, don't take advantage of it. Um, Sharing generously, but taking respectfully. And um, it was so beautiful because even at a young age, these kids of like two years old knew that it wasn't something... They, it was something they were familiar with and knew that they were welcome to share. And I mean, they were so good about sharing with me. And I almost felt like terrible because I was like, no, just eat your mango. It's fine. I, I already have like one with me. You don't have to <laughs> give me a bite of yours. But um, it's taught and ingrained in them in such a young age. And I mean, it's such an attitude we need to have share it takes a village it takes community to live well together and um this phrase like the this podcast is inspired by a phrase that they say every day on a tout ensemble we're all together like it's fine i'm sharing because we're all in this together we're all responsible for each other we're a village we're a community we're a family let's live together, let's share together, let's eat, break bread together. And it's really cool. It's really beautiful. 
And I mean, I just want to say thank you. I mean, they don't all speak English and they won't really understand, but I just want to like emphasize just my gratitude and that they welcomed me into their homes with open arms. Like think about it. I'm a stranger who, I mean, I speak French, but it's not that good. And they opened their homes to me. Like that's such a beautiful example of their hospitality and their kindness and their generosity and their on et tout ensemble, the teranga, all that jazz. Like it's just there. And it's so beautiful. It's so touching and it's so great. And especially in the village uh, where I really saw and um, the image of community really resonated with me. I started to really reflect and think on my village back home here in Canada and thought about the community that helped me get there to Senegal. Um, I mean, the whole process of getting to Senegal, I'll say, was was a little difficult and it was at times frustrating and it was discouraging and difficult academically and I just felt like super unequipped. But I had a community of people around me that were so awesome. And I just want to take the time to thank you, right? Like you guys encouraged me and supported me when I was super frustrated and like saying to myself, why why am I doing this? And one thing that really stuck with me in so many ways is that my sister Madeline, I was just sharing, I was like really discouraged. And she said, you know, Meredith, like getting to Senegal is going to be difficult, but it's going to be worth it. And it was on a lot of levels. And I mean, it's worth it. And I can't even explain explain how how much it was worth it. But I also can't explain how grateful I am for the community and village that was here in Canada and was cheering me on and supporting me. And thank you, because so often I feel like I get distracted and I get clouded and I don't take the time to stop, step back and see the people around me and thank them and embrace them. Um, And Senegal, I think helped me do that in a way because they're so genuine and so intentional and so open about being thankful and walking together and it it's something I think I'll take with me for a long time the value of community is great and um, I mean it's part of what inspired a large part of this podcast and the story behind it and um community is something we all need and um my appreciation for it has only grown uh, through their actions and through their love and i mean i could go on for so much longer because the way they showed community was just in everything they do but i'll <laughs> i'll stop <laughs> um But another thing that really stood out to me was the religious diversity and harmony in Senegal. So Senegal is actually a a Muslim country, but there are large populations of Christians and animists. 
Um, the Christian population is mostly Catholic. There are some Protestants, but the families I stayed with were Catholic and kind of, there are a little bit of Protestants, but I really don't, I only really saw and met Catholics. Even though the country is Muslim, there's still a diverse um, population and diversity in religion. And in that diversity, there in in that diversity, there's no discrimination. There's no forcing. There's no um, hierarchy. There's nothing. There's, I mean, it just it speaks to their attitude. On est tous ensemble. It's fine. We're you're not better than me. You're not below me. We're good. Um, like your brother could be animist. You could be Catholic, and then your neighbor could be Muslim. But there was no bad blood. There was no bitterness, no tension. It was just pure respect. And I talked to uh, Jean Sadat, the chief that was hosting me. And I said, okay, well, like, how do you feel about that? Like, you are Catholic and your brother's Muslim. Like, does that cause anything for you? And he said, no. I mean, why would it? You know, he's my brother. You know, you believe what you believe and I believe what I believe and that's fine. We're good. On est tout ensemble. No problem. Um, and I think, I, like, how much of an example is that to the Western world where I think, especially these past few years where just religious discrimination is everywhere and it's kind of discouraging really. And then we... And then I come to this environment where it's just so embraced and there's just this genuine respect in everyone. There's genuine respect that speaks volumes and I think is something we as the Western world should take a step back and look at. Um, you know, they say, you believe what you believe, I believe what I believe. I'm not going to disrespect you for that because I do believe this but that doesn't make you any less or any better. And however simple that sounds, you know, that's such a simple thing to say and it's such a simple idea, but I mean, the way it creates peace and keeps peace in their society, in their culture is amazing and it's crazy and it's beautiful. And it really like just was so and during my time there, I got to stay with a Muslim family too. And I got to do a little bit of Ramadan. I didn't do too much because I, but um, I broke bread with them and stayed up all night with them. Um, and they were so kind to me. And they <laughs> were going to fast. We want you to come break bread with us because on est tout ensemble. It's not a problem. We're, we are one. We're like, the unity is so... Mm, it's so cool i can't even i'm just re i feel like i'm repeating myself but i mean <laughs> repetition like helps learning right doesn't it like if you say something over and over it kind of just like becomes in you i don't know lol okay <laughs> uh but in terms of personal faith this trip was also very cool for me um i think being in Senegal gave me a lot of perspective and gave me time to step back away from the distractions and just have peace and quietness that really allowed me to process some things. And I mean, that in itself is a whole nother podcast. I could talk on, talk 
for a while about that. Um, but I really felt at peace throughout this whole trip. I think it was the people that he put there and that got to kind of pour into me for that short time um, was just a blessing. It was really beautiful and really cool. And it was God. And, uh, and so another big thing that really stuck out with me was um, the idea or concept of international development or international aid. Um, <clears throat> so while in Dakar, we actually had the opportunity to take some seminars with some professors at the local universities and researchers. And so they just, we had seminars that revolved around the topic of education, but they brought in other factors t to talk about how they may intersect with education. So they talked about gender, social class, economics, um, talked about religion and education. Um, and I mean, one, one huge thing is that you just don't realize how complicated it is. You know, you think, oh, okay, this... Sometimes I feel like in my university classes, we're like, boom, here's the problem. Here's a possible solution. But when you take the time to really look and understand the issue, I mean, you're like, yeah, okay, that might be an easy solution. But what about these five other factors that are influenced from that solution? So I think in general, issues are a lot more multidimensional than we present them to be. And I think, I mean, that was just I kind of realized that when not only just doing my research but when I was talking with parents when I was talking with teachers and trying to better understand their situation and their challenges it's so complicated and it's not really an easy fix um, but we had the opportunity to do these seminars and I mean it was such an honor to hear from them from Senegalese people from researchers from their their scholars um, about their land, about their their country and their system. And it was humbling. And it was, I mean, to be honest, it just made so much more sense. Whatever they were saying just made sense. And I think it was also because <clears throat> we were in Senegal. We had the opportunity to see and observe what they were telling us. And any research I had done prior to going kind of made sense to me but until I s hit the ground and did tours of schools um it didn't make sense when I did tours and saw the situations talked to people the issue came alive to me and the topic came alive and their their challenges just became clear and unfuzzy there was one thing that stood out to me in one of the seminars the professor was talking about um, dreams that Senegal has uh, Senegal and Africa have dreams of development of um, moving forward of making progress and dreams of stability and all these good things that we consider good and then my friend asked, okay, well, what could the Western world do to support Senegal or Africa in these dreams, in these goals? What, what could they do? And the answer was obvious, but it was hard truth. 
And he said, they can do nothing. They can leave us alone and let us do it by ourselves. And he kind of just went on to explain like, oh, we could. And (laughs) when he saw the shock on her face, he, he kind of just explained a little more and it it was it's it's a it's a perspective that i agree with completely you know like countries senegal is perfectly able to develop on their own um but sometimes it just doesn't happen and that's for other reasons but i mean the west so often or developed countries um sometimes don't give them the chance to do that and that kind of hinders any independent growth and kind of just creates this cycle of dependency and um the undeveloped countries depending on developed countries and it just it's this cycle that you it's really hard to break and hard for countries to get out of and so i mean it was a truth that i had heard known read about and heard and believed but um it struck a chord to just see yeah you know we do like we do need to step back and maybe let them do it on their own you know um i found it difficult because i was talking with one of the mothers and she she knew me uh, quite well because we spent some time together and she said you know meredith like we need help and we need sponsors and I'm trying to get a sponsor for my kids, but I can't. And the conversation kept going and it came to the point where she like looked me in my eyes and said, Meredith, help us help our children because we can't do this. We're frustrated. We don't know what to do. We need your help. And I mean, for me there, I kind of got emotional because it just felt like it was so clear. The desperation in her voice was really strong. And at that point, it took me a long time to really process what she said and what she meant. And I, I talked about this with um, some other friends on the trip. And it kind of feels like a burden. Um, and in that, I mean, I feel like I have an understanding of the challenges they have. I'm not saying I fully, fully understand their challenges. I haven't even, uh, I don't, I don't fully understand their challenges, but I am starting to, and I saw them, I saw how it affected them, and I saw their desperation, and it's this burden of understanding the issue, of understanding how complicated it is, and what factors influence what, understanding that, and not knowing what to do and not knowing how to do it, and not knowing if it's my role to do anything, because like researchers said, let them do it on their own because they can. And so it's difficult, because it's like, yes, I want to help, but part of me is like, no, I feel like that's not your role, that's not your place. But another part of me is like, no, you know, we're community, we're on a two ensemble, let's help each other. But in that thought, I'm like, dang, I don't know how to do anything because who am I? I'm some random university student that's broke and 
doesn't know how to move forward, how to how to help you guys without giving you means. And I mean, just like money may not be the money may not even be the solution that they need, right? It's not just money. It's like institutional change, right? So it's feeling limited in the possibilities too, right? Because of where I am and I mean my amount of education, I don't know how to how to go from here, what to do. So, you know, for me, it was quite frustrating because I just felt like I'm so torn in terms of my definition of development and the role of the Western world of me individually in development. And that was something I kind of wanted to extend to you guys and to open the door for conversation. You know, what is our role? What is our place as individuals? Like we do have a role to play. Like it is possible to create change from one person, but is it our place and what would that look like and i mean is it even our job i i have such a hard time saying that because i it is our it is our job to care and love people and to ensure that you know to close the gap in disparity but what is our role how does that what does that look like i guess is what i'm asking um because what i what was a huge thing that was really that came alive to me was I've always seen education as a basic need is something people need and they know that too everyone knows that but what we have here in Canada is a privilege our universities and our resources we have in our universities are privilege like they do not have that there and man i could go on another tangent but i don't think i'll ever complain about the my education here because i have the opportunity to go as a woman i have the opportunity to go to not feel bound by my familial roles and pressures you know i've been encouraged by my family by my this country to go to school and get an education where it's not as it's not the same there and it's not as um free there you know like even in universities you don't choose where you go the government places you at a particular university and the student i stayed with i stayed with a student her name was kumba she was great i love her she was married and her husband studied in Dakar and she studied in Ziegeshoch and you can't drive there you have to take a plane or a boat or probably nope you cannot take a car anyways she was doing a long distance marriage for the sake of school and she said I'm doing it I'm getting used to I'm used to it now it's not a big deal for me doing a long distance marriage but I'm doing it because I know I want this. I want education. And their dedication and heart for education is convicting. Because so often do we be like, "Ugh, no, I don't even want to do this. I'm just doing school because I don't know what I'm doing. But their people are in school because they know they want it. Because they know it has something to offer them. And they're going to fight for it. They're more studious than more than half of the stu university students in Canada, I'm telling you. Just, I mean, the way she was so devoted to her studies, always studying, always reviewing, 
learning her lessons literally by heart um that like that devotion is not reflected in a lot of (laughs) a lot of us like not reflected in me (laughs) lol but I mean, it was inspiring and convicting at the same time. And education is a right, right? It is a right, right? It's a a human right. Um, And I think we need to take it with more value to be thankful for what we have and see the value in the education we're getting now. Yeah, our universities are frustrating. The student government is frustrating, not going to lie. But I'm still grateful and I still love my university because, man, like, it is, it has helped me learn and it is education and it's a privilege what we have. And so, so my question again, that was a rant, but my question is, you know, where is the role of helping education and other countries in development where's our role and you know I've always thought that there is a role for supporting countries but what does that look like and is that even possible to do that with gen with a genuine heart is that possible so I'd love to hear your your thoughts and your voice on this because I think it's a conversation that's that has to happen that like it's a topic where like it seems clear but I don't know the more I talk about it the more I have questions and I'm like dang what what where do we go from here because it just feels much more complicated kind of like the topic in general like any topic in general it seems easy any topic any any problem any topic in today's age seems clear cut and it's like boom that's the answer and then you take the time to really understand it and you say, okay, what actually is the solution? You know, what is the best possible? So that's what I want to hear from you guys. If that's cool, if that's good. Uh, yeah, I'd love to hear your your thoughts and voice on that. And what's our role and what's our place and what that might look like. Uh, because I think it's something we should take the time to think about more as like individuals we should think about it but as a country and um in our policies in our in our initiatives in our nonprofit organizations uh, how do we reflect that and how do we empower these countries without trampling them without running them down you know how do we like support them in a way that is empowering maybe that's my question So that's all I got for today. Thanks so much for listening, for taking the time and hearing me out. And I hope that it inspires you in some way and sparks conversation for development and what that means and what that looks like. Um, If you want to see some pictures, I'm posting some on my website. Um, Just maybe to give you a visual or if you just want to see more. uh, This was a snapshot on my experience and my heart for Senegal. I love that place so much. And uh, if you want to hear more, I would love to share more. <laughs> I Like I said before, I have so many stories and so many good memories that I'd be more than happy to share. 
it could definitely go on for hours, but it's it's good. It's good. Be good. Uh, thanks so much for listening again. And um, you rock. Thanks so much. And thanks for tuning in. And I'll talk to you guys next time. Bye.